going on, everybody? Welcome to A Coach's Challenge. I am your host, Andrew Daly. Got another great episode lined up here for you today. I'm going to jump right into it. Uh, As always, give us a follow on Twitter, at challenge underscore cast, or shoot us an email with any uh, questions, comments, or concerns, coachchallengepodcast at gmail.com. Really excited about today's uh, episode of A Coach's Challenge podcast. Um, you know, I've been lucky enough to coach with this guy uh, for the past couple of years, turned into one of my good friends. Uh, great, great young coach. Uh, he's been coaching since 2012. Um, honestly, and not, you know, not just talking from a football perspective, but he's literally one of the smartest people that I know. Um, he's one of the, I think he's one of the best young coaches, that, you know, that I've been around. Uh, it's a shame for me to lose him. You know, he took another job in another district, so uh, he's going to move on. But, you know, uh, I was glad or lucky to work with him for the past couple of years. Uh, please welcome Coach Nick Wright to the podcast. Man, Coach, thanks for joining us today. Make me earn it, man. <laughs> yeah, listen. <laughs> I, thanks for having me. I appreciate yeah, it. No, nah, man, I, I'm, I'm happy you could be here. Um, you know, and, and thanks for joining us, man. We're kind of taking off a little bit, man. Our first couple episodes have done pretty well. So, you know, excited to get you on and uh, and kind of just, you know, talk about, you know, your experiences as a coach and, and what you've been through and, and what you could offer to everybody else. So, uh, yeah, we'll get- good, man, this is good. This is, this is awesome for, for the sport. It's awesome for, you know, not just coaches in our area, but kind of all over the place. Yeah. Any, and I mean, any, you can- you know, any resource that anyone can get, you know, sure. it's worth it. So sure. Uh, we'll dive right into it, man. You, you've been coaching in various roles since 2012. Just give me a background, man. Where did you, you know, did you grow up playing? How did you get involved in coaching? Who were some of your inspirations? And just kind of kind of give me a background of, you know, what you've been doing since since you started back in 2012. Yeah, man. So I played in, in Gloucester City. I played at Gloucester High School. It's a strong little town, football community type thing. It's one of the types of things where, you know, the old guys – go to the diner before every game and play on Saturday mornings, you know, they got lights now, but it's, uh, it's one, it's one of those old timey type of towns where football is still big. Um, and I'm sure we'll talk later about, you know, the state of football and things like that. And, um, but it's, it's, it's kind of been impervious to, um, all the other things that have happened in different places. And, um, so it's, it's been a part of my life, you know, for a while, um, I was, I was lucky enough to play for, you know, an incredible, we talk about inspiration. I was lucky enough to play for an incredible, you know, incredible man, a legend um, in this area. And his name was Leon Harris. Um, retired a couple years after I, uh, I played there, but I was lucky enough to, to play for him and just, you know, really good football coach, but even better person. And he surrounded himself, you know, his coaching staff, just really, really good people. Um, so, you know, he was definitely an inspiration for me to, to get back into it. I didn't play in college, at, you know, at undersized, probably not athletic enough, whatever. Um, took around four years off of football after high school, five years, got my graduate degree. Uh, and then, you know, I, I, I got a teaching job at a high school in South Jersey, but it it was just a substitute job. So I wasn't really connected with the school yet. Um, So I decided to just stay in my hometown and and coach youth football for for a little bit. So that was just a crazy part of my life, man. I, I I started coaching for, for a year or two. Um, 
then started running my, well, helped, helped to run my youth program in Gloucester for a couple of years. I was on the executive board for a couple of years. And then, you know, everything with football was happening, you know, like d- diminishing numbers. And, you know, we, we wanted to be reactive to the, all that. So we actually started a, a league, started a, a youth football league. And uh, we got eight teams in South Jersey to join on, um, eight, eight little towns. And we kind of built it around the fact that we wanted, built it around the idea that we wanted, uh, we wanted feeder programs. You know, we wanted to build kind of a football community in South Jersey where we could, we could feed our high schools. And that was, it was kind of against what was happening at that time. You had, you know, a lot of, a lot of youth programs in, in South Jersey that were poaching kids, you know, taking kids from different programs and right, with, right. School, with school choice. Like it was you know, a, a town like Gloucester. Now, lose, lose let me one. ask you, you, you say we decided to start our own league and you don't have to give names obviously, but how does that conversation come about? Like you're, <laughs> you're at, at practice yeah. one night and you Probably just say, yeah, honestly, <laughs> like you just sit around and say, Hey, let's start our own league. And then, Oh crap, this thing's taking shape and it's coming to fruition. And this is actually happening. Like, how do you go about starting your own youth football league, man? Dive was, into that a little bit. Yeah, it was a crazy couple of months. So <clears throat> I felt like I was like a college recruiter. I was on the road, you know, like literally, for, for a few months, I was on the road every night. I would go to these, these, you know, youth football organization meetings. I'd go to town hall meetings, I would, you know, and I just like pitched our idea as hard as I possibly could. And, um, you know, enough teams were, were interested in, in the idea of, you know, number one, you know, our number one selling point was we wanted to be theater. You know, we wanted to be, we, we, we were, we were going to have rules in place to make sure that, you know, poaching of kids wouldn't happen. Uh, the number two thing was, you know, the biggest. So you, let me, you mean there was, there would be rules in place where if your kid is, you know, playing for the town team, nobody else could come in and take them and, and play it in a different team. Correct. Yeah. Okay. We, we had, we had a uh, uh, township border restrictions. Okay. No. Um, I think I think the sec the second biggest selling point that we had was you know the only, the the biggest other league that we have here in South Jersey was you know a weight based league, and there was no place for you know the bigger kids to play, and right. you know that was hurting a couple programs. It was hurting you know our program in Gloucester, um, the high school program. So we get monsters show up freshman year and they never played football before. Um, so, you know, that, that was the second, second big selling point. And that, you know, that was hard to sell to some programs. It was easier to sell to others. You know, I remember, uh, programs coming in and us going to them and, and, you know, a program like Haddonfield, for example, Haddonfield youth program, they came in, um, for a meeting. And as soon as we told them it was going to be weight-based, they, they left, you know, cause they knew their, their, their parents wouldn't like the idea of, their 10 year old kid who weighs, you know, 85 pounds playing against another 10 year old kid who weighs a hundred pounds, you know, right, just, right. Um, but for some, for some, uh, for some programs, it was an easier selling point than others, but it was, yeah, it was a crazy few months. I and mean, you know, sounds um, like it, man. It really, it really does. So you're involved with that. How long does that go before you, uh, you know, get into your first high school coaching job? Yeah. So, 
I, I gave a three-year commitment to that league, you know, started up. We went from eight teams to 12 teams and then 16 teams. Um, at one point, you know, I was a president of that league for, for three years. I went from, you know, it, 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 it blew up, you know, I was in charge of almost 1200 athletes and 250 coaches. It was crazy. Wow. So I did that for three years, made a commitment to them that I would do that for a little while. And then, you know, around, I don't know, 2014, 2015, somewhere around there, I started, you know, I was approached by, by coach, you know, where, where I was teaching and he asked me to come on board and I, and I did that. That's good, man. And that's, that's pretty remarkable because how old are you at 2012, 2013, where you're running uh, an entire league? Yeah, I think I was about 24 years old. It's unbelievable, man. And it, it just goes to show, you know, and we'll get into it later, man, about your, your commitment to, to time management and, and attention to detail, but you know, we'll, we'll keep uh, moving here, but that's, that's pretty uh, amazing. So crazy time in my life, man. Yeah, it was. <laughs> and I so, didn't get paid a cent. I know, you know, coaches don't get paid well at any, at any level, you know, until you get to crazy, you know, crazy level. But, you know, I have so much respect for those guys at the youth level, man. Like all the work I put in, I, I know, you know, you pay money, you know, you pay money to coach those kids. And sure. Uh, it's, it's, you know, I got a lot of respect for those guys. So how'd you get into, you know, you got into your first high school job, what, 2014 or so? Yeah, something like that. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So when I met you and you were, you know, um, you had, you were coaching a freshman and I sat down and talked to you and just talk to me a little bit about, you know, um, you know, over the past two years, your role has had just increased significantly um, going from a, a, you know, coaching a freshman team to, to having a major, you know, varsity role and being responsible for a ton of stuff. Just touch on, man, how your how your coaching style might have changed, you know, from the freshman team to the varsity team, or did it change at all? Or, you know, I think it changed, you know, yeah. I think it changed in a lot of ways because, you know, you came on board and, you know, kind of a lot of things changed. Um, but, you know, not just my role, but the way things kind of ran changed in general. So, you know, just freshmen, especially where, where I was, you know, where they, you know, you don't get many freshmen that have played before, you know, very few of those kids have experience ever playing football before. So, you know, you know, the biggest thing is, is being able to teach them, you know, you wouldn't think about th these things, but like being able to teach them that when they score a touchdown, they're supposed to stay on, stay on the field for the extra point, you know, like right. those things are just, are just beyond where a lot of kids are when they come into our program. So, it's 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 more of a learning experience for the freshmen um rather you know when when you get to the varsity level it's 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 really a test i mean the the games are are your exams and you know it's 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 more high octane and you know it's it's sure uh, from a you know from a coaching standpoint though i can't imagine your the way you attack it because you know it didn't change much i'm sure because as a coach it can't you still have to attack it with the same passion and and dedication that you would whether you're coaching you know uh, a six-year-old team or you know whether you're coaching in the nfl of course and it all you know it all comes down to you know you talk, you hit time management before i th you know i think it all comes down to intentional planning you know you have to you have to in well-run teams don't happen by chance. You know, well-run programs, they just don't happen by chance. You need to have 
know, a predetermined plan for every single thing you do, a laser focused predetermined plan. You know, right. and if, if that plan is, you know, teaching, teaching the holes and gap assignments, or if it's, you know, teaching zone block assignments, it's, you know, they're, they're different, that's different levels of football, but you're, you still have a goal, you know, and, and if, if you go about it with a laser focused mindset where, you know, you have, you intentionally plan in order to get a, a goal done, you know, a goal met, it's, it's all the same. It's right. Right. And I, and I would hope that most coaches would say that they attack it the same because, you know, it's, uh, it's that old, it goes back to that old saying, man, Hey, uh, if your boss comes up to you and says, would you work harder if I paid you more? And you say, yes, well, they're showing you to the door because you should be, right. you should be working hard anyway, right. you know, and that's just the way things go. And especially as a, as a football coach, man. So, um, I mean, as, as a younger coach yourself, you know, you, and I touched on it earlier, man, I honestly I honestly think you're one of the smartest guys I've ever met just on and off the field, but you know, you, you got a ton of responsibility um, as a football coach. You have, you're an AP bio teacher. Dude, what's your typical, just your typical week. Like how hard is it for you to, to juggle, you know, all your different duties that you have, how many hours are you putting in? Uh, just, just run through, you know, a typical week for, you know, your schedule. It's, you know, in season, it's tough. It's really tough. Uh, it, a big adjustment you have to make is, is waking up earlier and getting to school earlier and, and, and getting that school work done before, before the day hits, you know, um, teachers know this, man, we, we only get one period off a day where we have to do everything. We have to, yeah, we got a plan. We got a grade. We got to email and call parents. We have, you know, we have one period, 40 minutes to an hour to get all that done. That's just, it's impossible to do all that, you know, in an hour. So you have to find time outside of your schedule to get that stuff done. And, you know, in the football season, that's, that's harder said than done. Um, I, I don't know. I think you find time, you know, if you want to get it done, you find time to, to get those things done. And the biggest toll I think is, is emotional. You know, I'm, I, I know you, you know, this and other coaches, you know, listening, you know this you're a different person in season you know, i agree 100 sure a lot of coaches are like <clears throat> my downtime in season has to be downtime like i just can't i just have to sit down and and not think whether it's watching netflix or like whatever right I just have to sit down and not think and not my think. downtime out of season is hosting podcasts so yeah sure <laughs> <laughs> So, like, like yeah, just for time. like, just for the people who don't know, all right, you're listening to this podcast and you're not a coach because there are going to be people who listen to it because people know you, all right? right. How many hours a week are you putting in between coaching and and your teaching job? So, so teaching, you know, you're in school for 35, 37 hours a week, right? Outside of that, not coaching might be an additional. I don't know, 10 to 12 hours a week. And then, you know, I was thinking about football, you know, and that's probably an additional 30 to 40 hours a week. So, so it's you're good. talking, you're easy, easy 80 hours. No doubt. No doubt. And, and I go back to the old quote, man, everybody wants to, to wear the whistle on Friday nights, but nobody wants it Sunday through Thursday, man. But you know what the difference is between us and the people who say that is like, and I think you would agree, Fridays are my least favorite days. <laughs> Like, uh, elaborate man I'm, I'm like you know i'm a wreck i'm an emotional right. like i i love practice i love 
you know, I love seeing progress. I love executing a plan in yeah. individual period. I love seeing kids get better, you know, and all those things. And, and let me tell you this right now, coach, it's, that's the exact difference between a, an offensive line mentality and a quarterback mentality, man, because I'm all about the Friday night lights. I'm ready to go. Friday nights are my favorite time. So it's, it's, it's pretty cool that you hit all that. I love them. I love them. It's, 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 it's special. You know, it's, it's a special day, but I, yeah. different. All right. So, yeah, just moving on here. Keep it going here. As you know, as a coach, what's your opinion on and, and we, we talked about you being a, a teacher in the building. What's your opinion on coaches needing to be in the building? And how important is that, you know, to be able to see the, and interact with the kids on a daily basis, in your opinion? Yeah, it's important. I mean, it's important. I was listening to another one of your podcasts, uh, Jeff, right? Yeah. Uh, from Arkansas. Uh, no, uh, Coach Simpson. Coach Simpson from Arkansas. Yeah. Uh, it, it seemed like, I don't know, you correct me if I'm wrong, it seemed like his full-time job was coaching. I don't think we dove much into it, but. Yeah, uh, I, I, I think in a lot of parts of the country that might be possible. I, in Jersey, it's, you, need, you need a way to bring home money, you know? Yeah. And a lot, of, a lot of guys find that the most appropriate or best way to do that is to teach in the, in the building where you coach. Um, it's just not possible to to coach for a living, you know, it's just, unfortunately, I, I would love to do it, but yeah. um, you, you need a way to, to bring home money. So with, with that being said, like, I feel like that's why a lot of guys do teach in the building, you know, is, is for the money, but like a, a secondhand kind of benefit from that is you're with the kids all the time. Sure. You know, you can build a lot of guys like to say, you know, I'm building a family. You can be a family, man. You can be in the cafeteria talking to your kids. You know, you can be right. in the hallways seeing who your kids are hanging out with. You know, you can, you can see all those things and it's important, you know, you talk about building culture and building family and all those things. And I, I think I that's why, and that's why. Cannot, yeah. I personally cannot imagine coaching in a school where I don't teach just because I, I I think I would lose my mind. Right. Thinking about what these kids are doing all day. I, I, yeah, yeah. And it may, some people think it's better for you, but uh, yeah, sure. <laughs> um, and that's why I, you know, as a head coach myself, when I interview people who come in from the outside, you know, and they're not teachers and they don't have a certificate or teaching cert or whatever it might be, and I ask them how are you going to coach and work this job at the same time? And they don't really have an answer. And you're going to, I'm going to, here's your salary, or here's your stipend. This is what I could pay you. <laughs> oh, well, that's not enough to live off of. Well, what were you expecting? <laughs> I mean, like, and it just kind of, it's tough. And, and you know, it's a, I can talk for an hour about how tough it is to, to find, you know, quality, you know, help in today, you know, in today's world. But, um, if you're not, I feel like if you're not in the building somehow, it's really tough to have an outside job that allows you to uh, uh, coach football, basically. Yeah, just you know, logistically, but, it's tough. Right. I mean, and, just, and I couldn't imagine doing it. I really could. I mean, you, you think you need, you know, 3 p.m. to 6 p.m. available at least every day. And then you got to tell your boss in August, well, I need three weeks off because I got two days. And, you know, it just 
if you're not a teacher, man, it's just, it, it's tough or not even a teacher. Cause I'm not a teacher, but if, if you're not in the building somehow, it's tough to do and, and more credit to the guys who are making it happen because those Seriously. are the guys who want it. Seriously. Like those are the guys who are, are, are sacrificing whatever they got to do to coach football. And there's not a whole lot of them left anymore, man. And, and when you find them, man, you gotta, you gotta hang on to them because those, like I said, those are the guys who want it. So yeah, that's good insight, man. That's, I think that's really good. Um, you know, just moving forward here, uh, what are your, what are your thoughts on just the current landscape of the high school game and, and, and what can we do to, to help get more kids involved? I know you touched on, um, you know, your, your, your peewee team was, the numbers were struggling and, you know, in high school, the numbers are, are down, you know, nationwide. Uh, you know, I know we could talk for a while about it, but, you know, in, in, in brief, man, what do you think uh, we can do to, to try and raise the numbers here? I, I think I have a unique perspective here from my youth football days. I, seeing how that worked for a few years, some towns, some school, you know, some programs will never dwindle. The, you know, they're, they're kind of uh, impervious is a word I used before earlier in the podcast, too. Yeah, can you uh, define that word, by the way, for some <laughs> of us lesser educated people? Resistant. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, I, just, I just went with it. And I'm like, all right, it sounded good in context. So. <laughs> there's some places that, are just, that just won't be touched by any of this, you know? And then there's some places, I think most places, have been. You know, I don't, I don't think many people know this. You know, we have, we have a, a program in South Jersey, you know, Delcy, who's been an absolute powerhouse for a long time. Around five, six years ago, their youth football program uh, folded. Uh, wow. So you talk about these, these, these places where, you know, you think they might not be able to be, you know, touched by all this happening. And uh, so they're one of the programs that came on board when we, when we started South Jersey United. And, uh, you know, I think, being ahead of the curve, you know, being able to explain to parents, you know, what we're doing, you know, in, in regards to safety and how the game's different from when they played and, you know, all those things is, is really important. We partnered with USA football very early on. I know a lot of people, you know, there's different opinions about USA football and it's just a moneymaker and all those things. I can tell you, you know, it brought back Delsey football. So, you know, you, you can have different opinions about things, but, you know, having, having an organization like that behind our league, definitely helped sure you know it, it makes uh, if you want to talk about like the health you know perspective i, I don't know i our our new state rules interesting right yeah like i mean for 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 the for those of you who don't know the state of new jersey has implemented some some serious uh restrictions regarding uh full contact um just you know, practice time, uh, stuff like that. I think we're only allowed in season. We're only allowed 30 minutes of full contact, uh, per week. I think it might uh, be 15. I think it, yeah, it might be 15. Yeah. But, but, it might but, be either way. I mean, yeah. full contact, I, full contact is going to the ground. Sure. Which we never do anyway. No, and no. I, and I tell people, you know, you try and get kids to come out and play for you and you say, Oh, well, mom won't let me play or whatever, blah, blah, blah football high school football especially in the state of new jersey yeah. is more safe now than it has ever been sure. so and you know i think there's so much more awareness and and so so many more restrictions in place to the game 
uh, to protect our players, man, that there's really no reason not to be, you know, coming out and playing football. So, And there's a lot of people out there who, you know, are just spewing fake news and citing bad research. And I, I'm a AP research teacher, so I, I kind of use this in class as an example, kind of like the, the big Will Smith concussion thing. That, like that, that movie, that, that research project is like extraordinarily flawed. You know that one where it's like a hundred and whatever brains were donated and you know, 99.9% of them had CTE or whatever. Right. Like that, you know, if you go, if you read about it, it's, it's like those families donated the brains for a reason. They already knew. Yeah. You know what I mean? They already yeah. knew their, their family members had something wrong with them. Uh, so, you know, every, everyone else was kind of underrepresented. And there's actually really good research that started in the 1960s. It's a longitudinal study that, that uh, studied thousands of Wisconsin high school athletes and compared from, from 1950s through the 60s through the 70s, you know, if, it, if there was any harmful effect on cognition, mental health, anxiety, anger, hostility, alcohol abuse, whatever, and there was no, they found no difference. Thousands of wow. Wisconsin kids, no wow. difference between football players and other athletes. Yeah. And I, like I said, I just, I think, uh, I think we're in a good, we're in a good spot with, you know, the awareness of the health concerns of the game. Uh, we just need to be able to get people to kids, kids to still come out and, and be willing to compete. Cause I think there's a ton of, you know, and I mentioned on it on an earlier episode, there's a ton of kids out there that just don't want to compete anymore. And, you know, you, you know, it's on us to figure out ways to get them out. So, yeah, um, yeah, moving forward here, switching gears a little bit. Uh, what would you say, you know, is your is your biggest accomplishment so far as a as a coach or a player, and, and what are you hoping to get out of your career, man? I think I've gotten much more out of coaching than I have out of playing. Um, kind of like personally, personal growth and and all those things. Sure, I mean, I I would agree. Yeah, like teaching and coaching, they're all you know, it's all the same thing. It's just a different environment. Um, whenever I learn one thing in the classroom, I try to apply to to the field. Whenever I learn anything in the field, I try to apply it to classroom. And it's just like a constant process of just getting better and better at what you do. Right. Um, and that's that's been real fulfilling for me as a professional. You know what I mean? And I, right. I think just just that in general has been, you know, the greatest accomplishment that I've that I think I've I've been able to do is just just constantly get better at what I'm doing. I agree. And, and dude, you're making a difference, man. And, and, you know, whether, whether other people see it or not, you're, you're, you're with these kids, you know, during season, you're with them more than they're with their own families. So uh, you're making a difference and you have an impact on people's lives. And I think as coaches, that's, that's what our goal is, man. We want to, it's not about the wins and losses for me right. right now, right now at this point, of course, it's great to win, man. Nobody likes to lose, but if I can create, you know, not create, but help mold, you know, some of my guys into, into, you know, good functional members of society, man, then I feel like I've done my job. So and I think a, a lot of coaches, you know, feel the same way. And, you know, there's some that don't and, and so be it, but I, you know, my perspective is different than your perspective. And that's why, 
you know, we're able to do what we do and so be it. Um, just touch on, Hey, like, man, I think tradition is so important in, in high school football and, in, and, and football in general, honestly. Um, what are some of, you know, what would you say are some of your favorite football traditions that you could think of? Maybe you were a part of them or maybe you've seen them on TV or whatever it might be. We have, we have some, some cool ones in Gloucester. Like I said, it's a, it's a small little close knit town. It's football is a big part of, you know, everything we do here. And from the time kids are, you know, it's just what you do. You play football, you know, it's just kind of what you do. So uh, over time we have a lot of cool um, traditions that we, we have here. Um, when I was in high school, uh, well, it's a, it's, I guess I should preface this by saying, you know, it's a real, you know, high concentration of Irish Catholics for mm-hmm. whatever reason. I don't know, you know, for whatever reason. Um, so when I was in high school, one of my, one of my good friends, his dad was actually the mayor of our town. He would play bagpipes for us and he would, he would, he would play us out to the field. Um, and that was always really cool. Um, I was able to do that for, I actually learned how to play bagpipes when I was in college. So I was actually able to do that for them a couple times a season. That was, that was wait. So you guys were led onto the field by a, a bagpipe player. Yeah. Yeah. In full kilt and everything. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Dude, that's awesome. And you got to do that this year. Yeah. Yeah. A couple times this year I was, I was able to do it. It was really special. Man. Wow, man. That must have been so awesome for you to be able to go back to your hometown and to lead your hometown school out onto the field yeah. doing even something that special, you grew up on. Even more special because, you know, it was, my, it was my good friend's dad that did it for us. He was the mayor of the town. And just last year he, he passed away. So wow. you know, it was a cool thing to be able to take that tradition and, and kind of move it forward. Wow. Um, Dude, yeah, that's a great story, one. man. Yeah, really cool, man. That's, yeah. you know, it's football, man. And, and you're right, it is. And I think tradition is it's, it's such an important aspect of the game. But We got I another think, cool one I, I just want to mention real quick. Good, uh, yeah. Back in, you know, World War II, you know, we had a bunch of guys coming home from war, um, trying to find their way after war, things to do, and trying to keep them occupied. And a lot of guys actually got into sports and uh, – at that time, I don't know if you know people know this, but there are a lot of semi-professional football, basketball, um, baseball teams around the country, just kind of all over the place. Um, right. And we had a semi-pro team in Gloucester called the Mustangs, um, a football team. And a lot of the, you know the old timers when I was in high school, the guys who would come to the <laughs> come to the games and jeer from the top of the stands, they go to the diner for games, all that kind of stuff. They all played on that on that on that team. Um, and when they were done playing, they made this you know, club called the Memorial Athletic Association. And mm-hmm. they bought this house and this little nook shack tucked in the middle of a neighborhood. And, you know, it's still there. There's a bar in there. But when you walk in, it's just, you know, kind of football history everywhere. But from back when they played, you know, I, I think one of the – there might only be one or two of those guys still around, but – um, there's pictures on the wall back when they played, there's, there's memorabilia everywhere. It's just, and then there's, there's, you know, stuff from, from throughout from 1950 to, to now. Um, and it's just, it's just a really cool place to walk into and kind of immerse yourself in, in football from this town. Um, I'm sure there's those, there's those little places all over the country. Dude, that's awesome. It's a great story. And, and it kind of gives you chills just to think, think about man, that those, um, that those kind of places are still in existence and, and, it's just like you said, man, you said earlier, it's football and that's, that's what football is. And 
you know, if it's a part of you, it never leaves you. And that's, that's great proof of it there, man. And that's a, you know, it's a great segue into our next segment here, uh, tradition. And as is tradition on a coach's challenge podcast, we're going into the hot route segment. Oh man, here uh, we go. The hot route segment. But before we do that, man, I just want to remind everybody out there, give us a follow on Twitter. All right. Um, at challenge underscore cast. If you guys got any questions, comments, concerns about the show, um, you want to be a, a, a guest on the show, uh, shoot, shoot me an email. Uh, coach challenge podcast at gmail.com uh, again or follow us on twitter uh, it's probably the easiest way at challenge underscore cast so we're going to jump right into the hot route segment with coach Wright here and uh i hope you're ready man whatever answer comes i'm gonna i'm just gonna rattle off a bunch of questions and uh whatever answer pops into your head first all right you yep. ready all right as the science teacher what is your favorite planet uh, Earth, man. Earth. Mine's the sun. Always has been. <laughs> who's, your, who's your Who's your science teacher? <laughs> the star, brother. It's Will Ferrell. <laughs> You're about to go coach a game. What's the song playing on your iPod? Uh, I go through stages. Uh, has to be a quick answer. Uh, Phil Collins in the air tonight. All right, not bad, not bad. Most overrated sports movie. Wow. Three, two, one. Rocky. Rocky. Some of them, I agree. Favorite tailgate food? Going to have to go wings, man. Wings. Dude, I'm a big wing guy, man. Had some great wings the other night. Now I'm not gonna plug it yet until they start <laughs> until they start uh, putting up some money, man. But I had some great wings in South Jersey. And, Nikki uh, like wingy. Uh, Tommy like wingy. <laughs> um, here we go. And here's here's a fun one for you. What is the smartest sentence that you could say to me right now? Holy smokes! Tell uh, me something biological, man. All right, let's see here. We can go. All right, so the the let's go. The bivalve has three anatomical parts: the head foot, the mantle, and the visceral mass. You are a genius, Nick. Right? <laughs> you are a genius. Last one. Three traits that describe you as a coach. Uh. Hardworking, focused, and uh, caring. Caring. It's good, man. And, and like you survived the hot route segment barely. Uh, you gave me Rocky as your most overrated sports I movie. I think you. I think. I think we got to get you on this hot route thing. I got. I got five questions for you. <sighs> You're turning the rolls on me, and I don't yeah. know if I'm like. And I'm, I don't know if I'm ready for it. You got to. You got to see how this feels, man. Okay. All right. You know what? We're 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 up against the time here, uh, but I'll let it slide. Here we go. Go ahead. All right. Here Ready? we go. Here we go. Yep. Favorite horse name? Oh, Roman Holiday. Oh. Uh, most valuable position on the field other than quarterback? Left tackle. Best concert you've been to? Garth Brooks. I'm sorry, George Strait. Nice. Don't you get those two confused? Uh, it was awful, awful of me. Favorite pass concept? 
favorite pass concept. Yeah. I'm a big flood guy, man. Okay. And last question. Best eggnog you've ever had? <laughs> it's easy, dude. The only eggnog I've ever had is is Nick's nog. I still got a big <laughs> bottle of it hanging in my uh, hanging in my fridge. From, Ooh, there? So, no, it's well, I got a pregnant wife, man. I can't drink it all in one night. You know what I'm saying? That's nice. That's nice. <laughs> all right, man. We're gonna wrap this thing up. It's been easy talking to you. Um, we're gonna wrap this thing up here. Going in, we got a couple more questions for you, though, man. Um, dude, I know you're a big, you know, power guy. You like to run the power, so to speak. Um, dude, what's your favorite offense, or who do you like to study, or you know, you sit around here watching film? If you can get your hands on anybody's library, who would it be? Uh, I think a cool part about what I've been able, you know, my football background is that I've been able to surround myself with people who have different perspectives on this question. You know, I've, you know, I grew up in a type of power kind of environment. Our first, you know, in Gloucester, first play every game is 26 power and the opponent knew that, you know, it, it was just, it was just wild. And then I coached with, you know, coach Cohen for a while. And when, when I was coaching with him, we, we ran triple option. I just fell in love with the triple option. And then uh, when you were on board, I kind of got a different perspective. So I, I don't think there's one person out there. I know that's a cop-out, but I don't think there's one person out there. Um, I love watching Stanford. I love watching David Shaw. Uh, you and me both, man, honestly. Yeah. And it might not sound like it, but dude, I think they do, uh, you know, and this isn't really an X's and O's podcast, man, but they do some great, great stuff on offense. And I, they're really fun to watch. So, really fun to watch. Um, you know, there's a guy out there who's – distributes films man and uh, i was able to get my hands on a couple of stanford films and did i just sit there and watch them at nauseum honestly um so that's good stuff man um last thing man we'll wrap it up here um just you're still a young coach yourself and as am i but what is what is advice that you can give to somebody man that is trying to break in because you started at the youth level and there are a ton of guys out there who are coaching youth football who want to who email, you know, myself or other coaches in the area or other coaches all over the country and say, Hey, I want to move up the ranks. And, you know, right. wh what is some advice to, to these guys out there? What do you need to do? And, and, and what could they expect? Every day is an interview. Do you know what I mean? Like yeah. you live every day and, and you got to think of every day as, as your interview. Like I tell my, I tell my kids, my students, you know, you might feel a lot of pressure from here or there and what you want to do in life, whatever, but, if you live your life the right way, things will work out. You know, if, if, if you, if you live your life with, you know, the values that you've been taught and, 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 you know, you have a hard, hard work ethic and, you know, you do all those things, life will work out, you know? Yeah. So, you know, there's no, there's no magic pill for succeeding in life and, and being where you want to be. It's just, you know, are you willing to put in the time? You know, right. are you willing to go out there and, and get better at what you do? Are you willing to do those things? And if, if you are, you know, make someone think to themselves, shoot, why didn't I hire that guy? You know, like, like make some, make, make someone think that. And if you do those things, you won't, you won't have any problems getting a job. You know what I mean? Yeah, no, it's, it's good, man. It's good insight. Um, dude, I, that's, that's all I got, man. That's our time already. And it, it just came so natural. Uh, this was a really fun interview. Um, you know, I, uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna miss you having having you on my staff, but I know we're gonna stay friends, and that's what that's what kind of this game does for us is, uh, yeah. you know, it brings people together that you, you we break probably, down each other's film, right? Yeah, 
you probably would, you know, it brings people together and you probably wouldn't meet them and, you know, otherwise. So, uh, again, this is coach Nick Wright. Um, thanks for joining us on the podcast. Again, you can follow us on Twitter at challenge underscore cast, shoot us an email coach challenge podcast at gmail.com. That wraps it up here. Another episode of coaches challenge podcast stories told by coaches, but heard by everyone. <laughs>